Rockin' with the hottest underground hip-hop and R&B show on this side of the net. This is Non-Stop Radio. What's really good, ladies and gentlemen? How you living? How you feeling out there? It's your boy Emilio Whitebar. And right now, you're tuned into the hottest hip-hop and R&B show this side of the net. Right here to the hottest hip hop and RB show this side of the night. This is the Non Stop Radio Show.
heard on the Nonstop Radio Show, send us your submissions in MP3 format at Let's Network Musically 212 at gmail.com. This is Nonstop Radio. What's really good, Atlanta? How you living? This your boy Emilio Wegbar here, inviting you to come join me nightly, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. till midnight, as we rock your speakers on the hottest hip hop and non-rev show this side of the net, folks. It's the Nonstop Radio Show, Atlanta's new late night radio show on Atlanta's new hip hop and R&B station, Street Madness Radio. Live broadcast, live call-ins, interviews with dope special guests, shout-outs and giveaways, plus, you know we gotta hit you with some of the hottest music from some of the hottest artists worldwide, so come check us out, nightly, Monday through Friday, 10pm Eastern Standard Time, it's the Nonstop Radio Show on Street Madness Radio. Download the Live 365 app for your smartphone or your tablet devices and search Street Madness Radio to come check us out. I'll see you there, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, keep it live. This is Nonstop Radio. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Nonstop Radio Show. Keep it live right here because it's coming up in just a bit. We'll be joined by tonight's special guest, Mr. ESQ. Keep it live. Can I do shit? Because I'm on another level, nigga, and who this? Pussy so far, he eat it with some cool whip. The cash ain't right, I'm gon' find some new dick. Yep, don't bring your man around, cause he choosin'. The way that lace look, that nigga ain't losin'. Pop it for a real one, don't pop it for a fun. Bitch, you get the money first, then you take that shit and run. Pop it for a real one, don't pop it if for fun. First you get that money, bitch, and then you take that shit and run. Pop that pussy, bitch, fuck it, pop that pussy, bitch. Put it in a hand. Nigga gon' make you bitch Pop that pussy bitch Fuck it, pop that pussy bitch Put it in her hands Then that nigga gon' make you bitch All your ladies pop your pussy like this You better let them hit the cash up Before that nigga hit yeah. All your ladies pop your pussy like this You better let them hit the cash up Before that nigga hit yeah. Gucci, Louis, the Fendi and the Prada If he can't buy that shit Then tell that dick nada Power to the pussy Cause the pussy got the power When you hit the cash app Then it's pussy showers Move that pussy up and down, light it like a rodeo Pulling up the whips and chains, it's a pretty pussy show Sit it on his fucking face, tell him he gon' get a taste Lick it up, nigga, don't you let that shit go to waste Pop that pussy, bitch, fuck it, pop that pussy, bitch Put it in her hands, then that nigga gon' make you bitch Pop that pussy, bitch, fuck it, pop that pussy, bitch Put it in her hands, then that nigga gon' make you bitch All your ladies pop your pussy like this You better let him hit the cash up before that nigga hit Yeah. Like this, you better let him hit the cash yet before that nigga hit. Yeah, pop that, pop that, 
Reminding you to come join me nightly As we rock your speakers from the hours of 10pm till midnight On Atlanta's hot new station for hip-hop and R&B Street Madness Radio Download the Live 365 app and search Street Madness Radio I'll see you there ladies and gentlemen Until then keep it locked
sacred is I keep my heart locked up, I can't take it again. I can't take it again. How about a public and artist relations and development extraordinaire? Look no further. Globally, we got a writer and journalist, MJ Savino, representing MJ's Hip Hop Connects. Your one-stop shop for promotion, marketing, artist relations, and artist development. Contact us for a complete list of services, prices, and packages. Follow MJ's Hip Hop Connects on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at MJ's Hip Hop Connects, and that's C-O-N-N-E-X. Serious inquiries only. Wow, what's poppin', you dig? This G-Quick, straight from the N-O, New Orleans, you heard me? And you're tuned in to Non-Stop Radio with Emilio Eggball, the hottest underground hip-hop and R&B show on this side of the net, you heard me? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. It's your boy Emilio Wackbar, and I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in to listen to tonight's presentation, and for those of you out there that are watching us right now on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. If you have not done so yet, man, do us a favor. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Nonstop Radio 212 to stay up to date with all of the news and highlights with everything related to the Nonstop Radio show. Here tonight joining us, we have a very special guest on the line, and folks, I'm happy to have this young man here, so let's please help me welcome Mr. ESQ to the show. ESQ, what's good, man? How's everything? Hey, what's good? What's good? Thanks for having me on the show. No problem, man. We thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to call in here and rock out with us, man. We do appreciate it. For real, man. Absolutely. No doubt, man. So, you know, for the people out there that's listening right now, you know, how about we start with you, you know, telling you, telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a Victoria, B.C., Canada-based hip-hop recording artist. <laughs> Dipping a little bit into the R&B section, but uh, mainly uh, mainly just focused on hip-hop, West Coast roots. And, uh, yeah, I've been, been back in the game for now three years and got 17 albums out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. three, is that 17 albums in three years or 17 albums over the course of your whole entire career? Uh, that's 17 albums in three years. Damn, so, yo. <laughs> a lot of them are like collaborative projects for guys that reached out and wanted to kind of work with me. And and uh, it was good for me to challenge myself and show my versatility and show these different styles with different artists mm. uh, throughout Canada. And uh, yeah, I got tons of, tons of shit. 140 songs on Spotify in three years, 35 videos on YouTube. So things are going good. Jesus Christ, you young men are working hard out there. I like it when you artists are working hard like that, man, because that 
encourages me to, you know, do a good job of making sure that we can be of any kind of asset to help, you know, get this music out there and, you know, to get your guys' stories out there, man. So when you come up here and you guys are working hard like that, I just want to say salute, man, because you got people out there that to do one song a year, let alone, you know, the many songs that you have over the course of three, you know? No, I, I appreciate the love and support and putting the putting the little guys on. Yeah, man, you gotta you gotta make a statement when you're coming into this game because you're if, if you're not original or you know show some sort of spark or versatility, you get forgot about within a week. So you got to show that grind and that motivation and determination and show them that you can stand with the big dogs. So. Mm-hmm. That is true. And do you feel as though, like, with that, the way that music is being consumed nowadays, where everybody wants music quick, fast, and in a hurry, do you think that kind of, like, has a bad effect on the current status of the music industry? Or do you feel as though, like, this is, like, right up your alley, since that you like to, you know, create so much music at such a, you know, quick time? I feel like, you know, back in the day, it was real chart top and things. You get, you get a good hit and it lasts for a long time. Uh, nowadays, I think the attention span is so short. You got, you know, your song might bump for, you know, maybe a month or two, and then you got to come with something real quick. Otherwise they're just going to move on to the next thing. So, uh, staying on top of it and, and showing that work ethic. I think that's what really fans really appreciate about artists these days, how quick they can just drop things and, and show that versatility and, and, and keep, keep current, keep relevant in the industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though that's, you know, helps or hurt some artists, you know, like I understand, you know, the, the microwave mentality, as we like to call it, you know, cause like we said, you know, the intention spans has gotten so much shorter that, you know, a song will be hot for one day. And then the way music is consumed now, tomorrow, everybody be on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, do you think I, that help a hurt artist? I think it can hurt an artist if he isn't motivated. You know, if he's if if you're expecting to blow up off of one song, you pack it in. Like you might as well just end it now. But um, it will motivate you. And, and, and you'll, you'll push your writing skills to the next limit. I mean, unless I'm sitting like M or Drake, you know, where I can drop a song or two a year, then you, you got to stay hungry. Mm-hmm. So if these guys aren't going to force themselves to, to, to write at that kind of level with that speed, then they're, they're going to get forgotten. Right. So mm-hmm. it can, it can hurt a guy for sure. Mm. Yeah, it can hurt. And then sometimes like, I feel as though like, I'm not, I'm not, certain if i'm correct with this next statement but sometimes i feel like it also hurts in the fact that it's overexposing this artist to the market and the market that's already oversaturated as it is definitely oversaturated especially if it's not like if it's the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over if you put on somebody's album too and every song is the fucking same it's like "Mm," you know (laughs) i'm I'm just gonna move on it's like i already heard you your next song is gonna sound the same as the last one but if you can if you can you know write this poetry and and storytell and then do these banging club songs and do gun bars and do features with guys that are completely different than your that your style then it will keep you exciting and people will will continue to listen i think i do agree because you know when i hear artists especially artists that like to you know drop consistently or constantly yeah. i should say you know like when i'm listening to them I'm like all right the first couple of songs sound good but then when it starts sounding repetitive then after a while i kind of tune out 
You know, so like for yeah. any artists that like to, you know, consistently drop music and on a, you know, a constant basis, that's the challenge also within itself is to, you know, come up with new material each day or each song. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I dropped a, I, I reached out to a country singer and I dropped a whole album with a country singer. I just did the hip hop parts. He did the singing and the country shit. And it, it, it was great. My fans loved it. It got a lot of uh, got a lot of attention, so I was happy with that. But it's just something different. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Um, one second, just looking at something. All right, cool. All right, so you know, with that being said, you know, like you are the second, you know, BC based, you know, artist that we've had featured here on the show this year within them. You know, a number of months. You know, so like, nice. is this safe? Yeah, man, that's dope. I like these conversations yeah. and be able to meet guys like you, huh? I appreciate that. No, that's pretty cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, so you you the second, you know, BC based, you know, artist that we have, you know. So I always like it when we get, you know, international artists on this platform and everything, you know, especially coming from areas like, you know, Victoria, British Columbia because when it comes to Canada, you know, everybody thinks of Toronto for the music scene, you know. So huge. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so like with that being said, is it safe to say that is, you know, Victoria, British Columbia, is that considered another hotbed for, you know, talent within the music industry? I think it's becoming uh, to make it. I mean, we're starting to make make the mark. Uh, there's a lot of artists out here and in the Vancouver area. And I think Victoria is starting to, you know, blend with that Vancouver base where we're recognized on our own on Vancouver Island, as opposed to like, you know, we're a Vancouver based artist or whatever it is. But yeah, Toronto is, is the pinnacle in terms of Canada where, where the big dogs come from, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're just trying to make mark. Yeah. And that's cool. You know, like I said, because when we started this platform, we started with the mindset or the idea of wanting to, you know, reach out to markets like, you know, Vancouver, like uh, Victoria, British Columbia, you know, these smaller markets that don't get attention from larger markets like a Toronto or New York City or or L.A. for that matter. You know, we wanted to be able to highlight you know, artists that come from these various, you know, markets and locations. And needless to say, man, like, when I hear, you know, artists come from a lot of, you know, unknown markets, sometimes I am very impressed by what I hear because you wouldn't think you would hear somebody, for example, somebody from um, Kenosha, Wisconsin, that got bars sounding like somebody from Atlanta, Georgia, or something like that, and maybe even sound better than people yeah. from Atlanta, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a, it's a good shock. When when you when you don't expect something and and you hear something, it's like, okay, we got something here. You just know when it's special. It's you just get that vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's special. You get that vibe from it. And like I said, you know, over the years, you know, we've had the opportunity to you know connect and speak with a lot of people from smaller markets. And needless to say, I am very you know taken aback by what I hear because it's like wow, like. When you look at it, there's so much talent out there that gets overlooked because everybody think that the meccas or these areas is just where you should go for music. But I'm like, when you really think about it, and I tell people this all the time, there's a lot more talent in the unsigned or the independent and up and coming pool than you see on the mainstream level. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you fully. I mean, 99% of the music that I listen to is underground hip hop and guys from all over the world that, you know, nobody knows, maybe a few thousand people, but they, 
impressed. Their work ethic is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and the things that they say and the way they put the, these words and rhyme schemes together, it's, uh, it's so intricate and it's, it's mind baffling sometimes. And it's, it's good to hear. It's refreshing to yeah. hear somebody and, and see them just work their ass off to try and get to get to that top point. But, um, yeah, ninety nine percent of underground music is all I listen to. Yeah, you know, my brother he cracks jokes on me because you know we grew up in the era where you know our favorite artists that we looked up to was you know artists like Nas, you know Biggie, you know Jay Z, Tupac. You know we looked up to these guys. So oh, like yeah. when my brother asked me like, "Yo, you heard that new Nas album yet?" I'm like, "Nah." Like, yo, come on, man. You wildin'. Why ain't you listening to the new Nas album? Come like, yo, because you got so many new artists out here that deserve the same chance we gave Nas when he came out in 93. So let's give these guys the same, you know, listen that we would give a Nas or anybody else that we know that is established. It's got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, no, I feel you there. I, uh, I'm i a huge fan of Nas, Biggie, mm-hmm. Jada, Jay-Z, Pac, all those guys. I remember... Growing up, I, I was bumping like Spice One and South Central Cartel, and those guys too. So real old school hip hop. Mm. But um, yeah, it's refreshing to hear some new guys. The, the style and the, the, the transitions that it's made uh, in terms of like the rhyme schemes and, and the things that they rap about is crazy these days. It's mm-hmm. you, you never heard it in before in your life. Back in the day, it was good. You really crisp and clear bars uh, and some hard dudes. And some really, really talented guys like Nas and Pac and all them, but um, I think I think the game has kind of just made a shift and changed a little bit. Yeah, I believe so too, and I do agree with you on that one. So, like you know, yeah. with that shift being mentioned, you know, when people listen to a Mister Esq record, what can they expect? Like, what are the people? What are you looking to you know give the people in your music when they listen to one of your records? Um, I'm giving them my life story mm. like in, in in a nutshell it's like i'm just a reintroduction to myself and the shit that i went through in my life kind of just laying out all of my mistakes uh i started out just like kind of writing poetry and I, I was really influenced by tupac so i feel like that's where i gravitated towards mostly more of a west coast style mm-hmm. but um yeah i i feel like people will listen to me and actually be able to sit there and and picture the shit that I did and, and the, the situations I put myself in and, you know, all the time I spent in jail and the things in the streets, it, it, they'll be able to visualize the things I did and be like, whoa, okay, mm. we can actually see the shit happening in real life, right? Right. Now, you know, you mentioned your stint in jail and everything. Like, when you was on the inside, like... What was your, you know, your inspiration like then? Because, you know, I had a conversation earlier also with another artist and we was discussing the fact, you know, that they went to jail. And like for some artists to them, that's just like the moment where they get their breakthrough as far as their artistry is concerned. And what I mean by that is because they become more and more inspired. Whereas some artists like, you know, we just mentioned Tupac. He said that when he went to jail, it actually killed his inspiration. So like, how did you manage that time when you was locked up? The question that I asked, I'm like, you know, like I had a conversation, you know, we was talking about, you know, artists that have done time, you know, behind bars and what it does, how it affects their, you know, creativity. Whereas some, they go to jail and it's like, that's when they really find out or discover themselves as an artist. And, you know, they, they get the polished product when they come home. Whereas some artists, like we just mentioned Tupac, he said when he went and he was locked up, 
it actually killed his creative inspiration. So like when you was in jail, like how did that, how did you manage your time with your creativity? Did it enhance it or did it kind of like bring it down some? Well, for me, it was, it, I, I think it enhanced it for real. Cause I was like a lot of time spent in segregation as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you get a pencil that is like three and a half inches long and some napkins that you can, you can write your letters on or a little bit of paper. And, you know, so there's no music, no beats, no nothing. So it was more so I got back to the poetry roots of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I spent a lot of time writing. I, I entered, uh, I entered the Canada-wide literacy contest and stuff like that. I won, but I on this on my debut uh, album coming up from the label. I actually wrote a song called "Dark Nights and Sunny Days," mm-hmm. and I wrote that in segregation twenty years ago, and mm-hmm. it just came to life now because I, you know, we just got the right beat and the words just fit right to it, and uh, I think it's one of my most powerful songs. So that being said, is like I can you could grow as an artist over over the years, but sometimes in the moment when you're sitting in a cage and there's nothing else around you, that's, that can be when the best, best emotions come out of you and, and how real and how raw you can write. Uh, that's what I found personally. So I agree, you know, and I, I, I relate to that because, you know, prior to, you know, me being a online person well, radio personality. Now I was inspiring, you know, to become an artist myself, you know, being a hip hop artist and everything. And, a lot of times I felt like some of my, thank you. Some of, I found some of my greatest inspiration came from, you know, some dark times that I was experiencing or just some kind of experience I was going through at that time. When I felt like I was at my lowest point, I would just go and just write it down. And I realized some of my best material came as a result of that. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I think, I think when you're, when your thoughts get and your emotions get the better of you and you could sit with them and actually like internalize the shit that you were thinking mm-hmm. and put it into words. It's there's, there's no limit to what you can, you can reach. Like there's the, the way it comes out of you is just different because you're so personal and mm-hmm. it's so relatable. And like all these, all these guys you grew up with and people from your neighborhood and everybody would be like, shit, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Or I know that guy. Or like I've been there. I've done that. That's what I feel people would take out of it the most is be like, wow, okay, like I can actually feel this shit because I've sat in those shoes before. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. with your uh, debut album, Letter to Judgment, 2018, was that after you came home or was that before? That was after I came home. Okay. I was just like, I was the first. I literally, uh, I, t- I stepped back out of, I, uh, I got locked up. I stepped back from the music. I was always writing, but when I got released, I never jumped back into music. I just started working and grinding and like raising my, my daughter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a call from a friend that, uh, you know, one of my buddies got murdered and his little brother called me and he just said, Hey man, you know, I started writing music when I was a kid because of you. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was taken back by it. I was like, wow, you know, I really appreciate that. And you know, glad I can help. And he just said, I need you to get on this song with me. So he brought me into the studio. I said, absolutely. I'll get on it. I haven't done music in about eight, 10 years. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Went in there, started recording my first verse and the engineer turned around and he just said, who the fuck are you and where have you been? <laughs> and 
I was just like, I'm just here to record a feature, bro. Like, let me, let me do my thing. But he grinded me and he got my number and my email and all this stuff. And Letter to Judgment was literally the first 10 songs I ever recorded in the studio after I was released. And he's like, oh, let's just put it out. I was like, I don't really want to. Like, that's not the ones I wanted. There was one or two songs. The song about my son that passed away is on there. Um, but other than that, it was kind of just like having fun in the studio mm-hmm. and there was like the first 10 songs and he just, it was like 30 days and he dropped it. Mm. Man, you know, well, I want to say my condolences, you know, on the losses that, you know, you experienced around that time and everything. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. No, thank you. You're absolutely welcome. You know, I want to say my condolences with that. And, you know, it's good to see, you know, that kind of misdirection happen. You know, we have conversations. I had conversations with my brother and we talk about, you know, divine misdirection sometimes. And sometimes it comes in forms that we don't even recognize until either it's right in the moment or until after the moment has happened. Do you feel as though that was yeah. kind of the same thing that happened with you and your music once you came home? I think so. I think uh, I think I needed to step back and let things die down um, and, uh, you know, just refocus and and. And, and get my life back together. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I need to focus on hip hop or this. I'm like, I need to like be a man for like my siblings and my mom and like show them that, you know, maybe I have changed a little bit and I can make it in these streets, not hustling and selling drugs and robbing people. It's mm-hmm. just like, I can get a fucking job and I can put my, my two cents in and I can pay taxes and, mm-hmm. So that's kind of the direction I took. So I, and I started really, really hustling and grinding and, and then, um, uh, you know, my daughter was born and that, that just, that became my purpose, my sole purpose. I was mm-hmm. like, my, my son died at birth on January 13th. Mm-hmm. My daughter was born 10 years to the day, January 13th. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is my reason, my whole purpose to fucking breathe is that's how my whole mindset changed. Right. That's crazy. You know, cause my father's birthday is, is January the 13th too. So, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no doubt, man. So let me ask you, you know, cause like a lot of people, like when they transition from, you know, the street life and to, you know, the excitement and the thrills and stuff that comes along with living that lifestyle, you know, sometimes they have that, you know, that trouble transitioning into what I like to call a civilian life, especially for people that been in the streets, you know, people that aren't active, we call them civilians and all that stuff. So, you know, like, do you ever like sometimes like think back on it and miss it? Or are you just happy from going from that chapter in your life, overcoming it and here you are today and you can speak back on it and help to, you know, share your experience or help by sharing your experience to some of these younger people to show them that, you know, that street life is not what it's cut out to be. That's a huge part of my music is mm. to be, a deterrent for the troubled kids coming up in the streets that, you know, did the same shit that we did growing up, growing up in the streets and doing horrible things, thinking it was cool at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I see guys that I grew up with still doing the same shit and they just remind me of the things I'm not missing anymore because, you know, life is better now, but, um, it definitely pulls you back in certain scenarios and situations running into friends. Like I run into, ran into guys in the streets and they're all, fucking on dope they don't even recognize me and they're like you know i go to school with these guys and like they don't even know me anymore it's like they don't even know my name and i'm like fuck that's not the life i wanted at all like we we just walk in the path that we were 
play, that was placed in front of us. So, you know, I didn't necessarily choose the path, but when I got out, I had an opportunity to, to change some things and, and walk, walk a different path, mm. you know? So, you know, God gives us all the tools to walk whatever way we want to walk. And, you know, it's up to us to make the final decision. But for me, I want to use my music as a deterrent for the, for these kids that are doing the same shit that I'm doing that I did. Pardon me. And, uh, you know, hopefully make a change. If I could change one kid's life, or, or, or change the path or the course that he's taken for the better mm-hmm. so that he doesn't do the same things that I did, then it's all worth it, right? Yeah. I respect that. You that's know, how I, uh-huh. that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I've gone and spoken at high schools and, and, and youth detention centers and, and, and tried to be a deterrent in terms of like talking about violence and the impact it has towards towards um the streets and families and things like that it's not just you know you get in a fight and you hurt somebody you know that also hurts their parents or their little sister like it's a huge chain of events that happens it's not just in the you know what i mean so can i talk about addiction you know because i haven't had a drink in 22 years since i was 18 years old hey congratulations hey thank you man Mm -hmm. thank you i appreciate that but i haven't had a drink yeah so like it's it's because that 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 was the that was the problem for me. It was it was the the addiction that made me uh, act like a fucking idiot most of the time. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's something because you know, growing up in families, and even we all deal with some kind of addiction, whether it's a narcotic, a, a drink, or something. We all have something that we are addicted to. So you know, growing Absolutely. up, yeah, you know, and like growing up, you know, I had a lot of family members that was addicts. And not like addicts in the sense of like I'm addicted to just you know buying sneakers. I'm talking about real addicts, you know, using, abusing every kind of drug they can get their hands on, drinking, you know, profusely yeah. and all that stuff like that, you know. And we always teach people like, listen, don't be mad at the person. You're mad at the addiction because it's the addiction that's making that person do these things, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's you know, it's you're not in the right mindset to make the proper choices and, and, and that stuff sucks you in. Mm-hmm. You can't just drop it. You know, the only reason I was able to quit is because I woke up in a cage charged mm-hmm. with manslaughter. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. And then I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting out anytime soon. And so my opportunity to get alcohol or drugs was taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Now I get a, a, I get a six by 10 and that's where I'm going to spend the next 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So, it's just what it is. Yeah, it's what it is. But you know, when it boils down to it, I'm happy that it helped you to go a different path instead of you know staying with that addiction. Like not the fact that you had to do the ten years, but the fact that you know the consequence. Not the consequence, but the result at the end of it is that you got away from the stuff that was a hindrance in your life. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I made the choice. I woke up in a cell, and I said before they even told me, I'm. I'm I'm getting locked up or anything. I'm I'm like I'm done with this with the drinking and shit. So I made a conscientious decision the second I opened my eyes when I didn't really know what I did, but I was told what I did. Mm. So I was like, oh shit! You know, it was an eye opener for me. No doubt, man. <laughs> I can see, you know, definitely with that one and everything, man. So you know, I'm glad that you was able to, you know make that conscious decision to change the things that you was doing. Don't mind the phone in the background. That's just one of those things. But anyway, with that being said, you know, you got your new single out, which is titled rich problems. 
and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. And I see, you know, I had the chance to sit and listen to that before, you know, the conversation here today. And let me tell you, that joint right there is a banger. I love that record right there. So, you know, how was you able to, you know, come up with the concept behind Rich Problems and it features Mad Child? And I see, you know, in the story that he pulled up on you in a, a Mercedes G wagon and all that stuff. So, man, like, let's get into that one. Yeah, well, I mean, we did a couple of features before. I've known I've known Mad Child a long time, and um, so he just came over to my place to kick it, and he pulled up in a fucking G wagon, and I'm like, "Oh, so you got rich problems, I guess, eh?" And he just, we just laughed, and it we just hit the studio, and and we just started writing, and that's just sometimes. It's if it's in the back of your mind or you've been talking about it that day. Uh-huh. Obviously, when you start writing, it just starts. You know, you throw a beat on, and that's just what came out of me. I started singing that hook. Anything you really got is a risk problem, and I was just like, okay, this is what we're gonna go with. And mm-hmm. then it just like a half an hour later, we had the song. That's dope, right there. I had a situation like that one time before. I was working on a EP back in 2018. And the beats that were sent over to me was just scrolling through the beats and I happened to find one that I actually liked. And just like, I heard it and it was like not even five minutes it took me to write the song. And then next thing you know, 30 minutes later, that song was complete, sent off, ready for it to be mixed and mastered and just, you know, put out there. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, the idea or the concept of a song can just be bred off of just something as simple as somebody just pulling up to you in a, a brand new vehicle or something. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes the beat just talks to you and it's like you turn it on and you just know already. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, this is what I'm going to be about for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that one, man. And I see also that, you know, you're working with, you know, um, Tom McDonald on your new single, which is called Fire Emojis. And then you're also working with, you know, Death Row Records producer Chris the Glove Taylor, man. So like, how has all these connections been able to come up for you? Well, Mad Child's, Mad Child did the song Fire Emoji with Tom McDonald. I'd love to bang out a song with Tom. He's, okay. he's blowing up right now. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, Chris the Glove was hooked up through the label Predominant Studios, who I'm signed with for this, for this album. But yeah, he just finished up. He just touched up the whole album. I just got it a few days ago. And, uh, yeah, he worked his magic. It's amazing. Mm. So he's out of, he's been with Death Row for, Forever, always rocking his chains and pictures with Snoop, and always with Dre. Like he was mixing my song in front of Dre like a <laughs> month ago, and I was like, "Yo, you playing it for him?" He's like, "I don't play songs for Godzilla. I learned my lesson." Is what he said. I was like, Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but he said if he's like if he chooses to hear it while I'm mixing, that's on him. I was like, that's pretty cool though. That you know. He was sitting in the same room with Dre mixing my music. Oh, yeah, that's real dope right there, man. Because, you know, you, Dr. Dre, you know, Snoop Dogg, iconic titans in the game, man. So, like, how how do you feel with the situation with Snoop buying, you know, buying back Death Row Records? I love it. I think it's a good move for him. Yeah. And it got catapulted back into the spotlight. And from what I see, what he's doing is he's he's reaching out and helping other upcoming artists. Yeah. Like he's not just, he's not just buying it and being like, okay, I'm going to have it to have it. He's actually doing something crazy with it. You know, you know, the NFT things and uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Mercules just dropped a, a single on his YouTube channel. Um, and so like he's, he's working with up and coming artists, mm-hmm. which is pretty damn special. I think, I think people in that position like Snoop and them, they have, they have this, 
this uh, position where they could help a lot of people. And, and I think that if they, if they jump on it, they, a lot of special things can happen. Opportunities can be created for the hungry people that are like actually working. Mm-hmm. Give them the opportunity. Show us, let me show you the opportunity. Let me show you the, let me get the opportunity to show myself. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, sure. I, I would put on hard. I would put on hard for him. So, <laughs> yeah, man, for real, for real. Man, hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real, man. That's dope, and I and I like the whole idea that Snoop went back and bought you know Death Row Records back. From one point, one from my understanding, it was actually owned by a toy company after you know Suge Knight was forced to you know give up the rights of Death Row Records. It was sold to a toy making company. You know, so for to have Snoop Dogg to come back and to buy back, you know, Death Row Records, feel like it's just one point or one chapter in, in, in hip hop history has come full circle, and I like that. That's yeah, because that's where he started his career, mm-hmm. and and for him to be like, now he now he's the boss, now he's in that chair, yeah, you know, all, now he's the chain. I love his new chain; it's crazy. It's like, yeah, no, dude's dude's an icon. And and he made a power move with that, and I love I love everything he's doing with it. Absolutely, man. So with that being said, you know we just made mention of your album that you guys are working on. So when can we expect it? Like, do we have a name for it? And when can we expect this release? Yeah, the the title is called Esquire. Okay. So they wanted sixteen tracks. I gave them twenty. You know, es- mm. Esquire can be. You know, there's Esquire magazine. Magazine Esquire <laughs> is, is a dawn in uh, in Spanish. Uh, but Esquire is a noble young man in training to be a knight. There's lots of meanings for Esquire. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, this this album has a lot of versatility on it. A lot of different stories. A lot of different messages. A lot of different uh, points on like my moral compass and mm-hmm. like my my morals and where I stand with things. And then a bunch of my history, almost like a reintroduction of myself uh, back into the industry with, with this one on, on a, on a global scale. Mm. So yeah, one is, I think it's a, I think it's a June or July release. I believe, you know, uh, rich problems was the first single. I just dropped a song off it as well on mother's day called a mother's day. And okay. it's, uh, it's almost like, it's, it's like dear mama. It's like Tupac's dear mama, but mm. it's from my mom. And, and my relationship and the shit that I put her through. So, but that's getting a lot of love right now. I, I just dropped it on, on Facebook and, and all these social media platforms for people. So nice. So for people out there that's, you know, interested in checking out the, sh- the song or they want to, you know, reach out to you, how could they make that possible? Yeah. Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook, Harrison underscore at Mr. ESQ or Mr. E Mr. ESQ on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, just reach out YouTube. Mr. ESQ, it's just MR dot ESQ. No doubt, man. We want to say thank you once again for taking the time out to call up here and rock out what to see on this platform, man. You know, this was a very dope discussion, very good interview and everything. And, you know, when you guys get some time, man, you get some time or whatever out of your schedule, man, come back up here, man. Let's talk again. Yo, like, like I said, like, there's a lot of things that, you know, we wasn't able to get to. I feel in this conversation, I feel as though like we need to, you know, bring you back again and have you up here to talk some more about your music. A hundred percent. I'd love to be back on. I got the lawyers working on the parting right now, so we'll see how that pans out. But being able to come over to come over to 
LA, Cali, everywhere would be a blessing. Just to get out of Canada would be nice. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what the lawyers can pull off, but hopefully they can do something for me. No doubt, man. So, with that being said, before we get ready to get up out of here, like you know, do you have anything you would like to, you know, say in closing to the listeners out there for this particular, you know, interview? Because I know, like I said, this is not the first time you're going to be here, and this ain't going to be the last. So, you know, if you have any things you like to say to everybody until you come back again, you know, let them hear it. Uh, I mean, uh, I could spit a little verse, and they can give a little give a little listen and see if they feel it. I'll do some acapella shit. Hey. I'll do some real stuff. And hopefully they can, they can internalize and understand what I'm bringing to the table. No doubt. So with that, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is the one I wrote that 20 years ago in a cell with a pencil that's two and a half inches long on a small <laughs> ass napkin. <laughs> no doubt. Segregation for fighting. And you know, it's, it was crazy. So mm. I had a, I had a chance to reflect. And, and think about my history, and and this is what came out of me. So, this is, give me a second here. All right. All right. Where do we go from here? Now, many of us know where we headed. I've done some things in my past I'm not proud of, and I regret it. I did it, and I made mistakes. I admit it. And I won't make it again. The only trace of a friend, I got that paper and pen. Got to take my place in this pen. Sunny days have descended. There's a phase of events that I must take to the end. No bit of taste of revenge. I put my face to the fence and maybe then see where the waste in the end. Don't take in the fence. I'm showing love, not just to see what it does, but maybe to see myself as who I once was. I've changed. And I've been waiting for this all of my life. Chance to tell my own story and my worst in my mic and call it a night. Although I knew my father was right, I should have stopped and dropped the 40 pounder bottle and right. Now all is in sight. And now it's give it all up a fight. So what's on? Because my only choice is Father Ignite. Come on. Mm. Yo. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you putting pressure on these artists up here, man. Yo, they gonna have to come up here and drop a freestyle now, man. You putting pressure on these artists. Hundred uh, percent down. Hundred percent down. Okay. No, no doubt, man. No doubt, man. We thank you so much once again, man. That was great, and we thank you once again for this dope conversation, man. And coming up here, like I Thanks, said, this brother. ain't gonna be the last time. So you know, we definitely gonna bring you back again. You have any shout outs or anything? Uh, man. Well, I mean, shout out my girl, Olisa. You know, she always got my back. My boys in Vic City, you know, King Bands, Paiute, Dave, D-Ray, Flesh and Fur, predominant studios in the building, man. You haven't seen the last of me. No doubt, man. And everybody else, man, keep it locked and stay tuned right here because we're about to give you the world premiere, or should I say the nonstop radio show premiere of the brand new single by my man ESQ. And this one right here is called Rich Problems featuring Mad Child. Keep it locked right here to the hottest hip hop and non show this side of the net, y'all. Rocking with the hottest underground hip hop and R&B show on this side of the net. This is Nonstop Radio. Look, only women in my life is my wife and my mama. Got a pretty purse on the hip for the llama. Dealing with the first to be worse for the drama. Only have respect for the checks with the commas. Yeah, I got problems. You ain't got problems. Follow me around with the cam like a sitcom. Drape me your gold on the camel in Islam. Mommy with the lip balm. Watching as she sip wine. Rock star, no bodyguard. Rooftop rock hard, all body armor. Party hard all night like a Mardi Gras. Bruce Willis die hard with the shoddy arm. No shirt, the convict with a chauffeur. Post a child turned rich. 
Watch on the brochure Said I'd never make it out of here, they so sure Still sitting with my soul and you soldiers Look, no limit on the visa Palace on the hill like them Caesar Paying me a gold worth more than Mona Lisa Add a couple mil for the fly, Mama Sita Checking my deposits, only seeing profits Holding my phone for the vault like a locksmith Drowning in my money, never seen like the lock This man on the dinner with my girl, yeah I got this It's missed Only thing you really got is a rich problem Only really want the checks with the six columns Probably wouldn't take a loss if a bitch robbed them <laughs> yeah, that's a rich problem Only call the women bitch when they dick ride them Love spending even more when they bitch bout them Love sitting on my throne on my big mountain Yeah, yeah that's a rich okay, problem Okay, I snap on the track A warrior that is primer Run the whole track Victoria to the nine His word is final My word is final No one want a problem with me and Mr. Esquimer I'm a bank guard I bang hard on Blanchard Street You need to get your shit straight Roll your bank card Mad to angry little meanie I'm a new branded genie Disappear like Houdini In a blue Lamborghini Hey, I love my money a lot I'm very fond of it Making so much now That I am gonna have to launder it A little bit of a shark You could get condiment I want the whole fucking cake And the Condiment. See these fuck boys on the side, bitch, I am onto them I'll catch them slipping one at a time at night for wandering $3,000 every day, that's the minimum 99 problems in my bitch, about 10 of them Ayo, my whip worth more than your life, I'm flooded in ice Fires wrapped out, so they started my fight Crack you in the head with the butt of my knife Really want the fucker dead, so I got it on twice I make so much guap that it hurts your feelings So you're trying to find dirt that is worth revealing Hey, you keep talking a bunch, you'll get punched, dummy Cause what you make in a month, I call lunch money Only thing you really got is a rich problem Only really want the checks with the six columns Probably wouldn't take a loss if a bitch robbed them <laughs> Yeah, that's a rich problem Only call the women bitch when they dick ride them Love spending even more when they bitch bout them Love sitting on my throne on my big mountain <laughs> Yeah, that's a rich problem And that didn't make a fucking... Non-stop radio show. Non-stop hip-hop. The hottest underground hip-hop and R&B show on this side of the net. And that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We want to say thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time out to tune in here to the Non-Stop Radio Show. We see you again tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Mid-Morning Rush Show on Kick KSJ, J Radio. Keep it locked, y'all. be heard on the Non-Stop Radio Show, send us your submissions in MP3 format at Let's Network Musical.ly 212 at gmail.com. <laughs> This is Nine Stop Radio.